Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Front Office You podcast. My name is Ryan Carney. And again, today I'm joined by our co host, Victor Anderson. And we have another special guest on this podcast. So I'll introduce in a brief second here. But first, Victor joining me today. Victor, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. We're, we're rolling here. We got one of the, the best in the industry here finally on our, our podcast here. It's great. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Last week, we released a podcast with Levi Keenan, who's a Finnish hockey player playing, who will be coming over to the NCDC Junior Hockey League this year in the U.S. And Victor and I, that was one of our favorite guests that we had on. But Kirby Paulson is another one of our favorite guests that we could have on our show. And we are super excited to have Kirby join us. Kirby is currently working for the Boston Bruins in the NHL as a coordinator for their foundation. Previously, he's worked with the Boston Red Sox as well. So has a lot of great, interesting things to share about working in the sports industry that Victor and I have really kind of gotten familiar with when we've been able to talk with Kirby over the couple of years we've known each other. And Victor, I'll kind of pass it off to you if you want to kind of introduce Kirby a little bit more and talk a little bit about how we got connected on the Clubhouse app. Yeah, Kirby. So I know our listeners are probably not too familiar with the Clubhouse just because it was um, out there during the pandemic. So if you could kind of go in depth on how, you know, you met Ryan and, and myself here and um, how that kind of app really propelled kind of all of our careers to be able to talk to each other now and have you on the podcast. Yeah, guys, I, I, you know, I'm super excited that we were finally able to do this and, you know, we're, we're not just talking about it in group chats anymore, but, you know, it's funny looking back on clubhouse. I think it's one of those things where it was just sporadic and it was just there. Right. So all of a sudden, People were gravitating towards this new digital app. It was right in the middle of the pandemic and the heat of things really being shut down. And so I think there was a little bit of folks looking for a connection going on, uh, but also just a different way to engage with each other in a way. And so that was really cool when I first saw it and I jumped on. And to be perfectly honest, guys, I, I, I don't remember the first clubhouse where I met you, uh, what room we were in or whatever. But I do remember the ones that followed. Right. And, you know, the cool conversations we were able to have and and the people we were able to bring in. I think that I learned a lot about how other people are looking at the industry, especially in this sort of transition time and how things have really changed because of the pandemic and how the industry has really moved. And so, you know, it, it was great because I made some great connections, you guys included. Uh, I made some friends, obviously, in both of you. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely one of those things that I was happy that it was there at the time. Not going to lie, haven't been on in a hot minute there. Uh, but it was great at the time for us to kind of share industry thoughts and, and get to know each other at a networking scale there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, really fun time when, when we were kind of all getting on Clubhouse. I think now, like since that happened, we've seen other social media platforms kind of take off in a similar light, of course, with Twitter spaces being a much more popular area for people to kind of engage in voice chat on social media. That was something that was really appealing to us about Clubhouse. And yeah, I don't remember the exact specific Clubhouse we were in when we all got connected, but it just kind of happened repeatedly. Uh, you know, the three of us would be in, you know, different rooms with different types of people, either listening to what they have to say. And it was crazy that, 
you could be so far away from someone. You know, we were even talking with people internationally uh, that work in the sports industry on Clubhouse and able to learn from some of their feedback. And then it turned out, you know, there's been times where I visited Boston and, and gotten to meet Kirby when he was uh, in his time with the Red Sox. He, he was giving me a little bit of hard time for, for not hitting up last time I was in Boston, but it's okay. We still got the, the in-person connection and when you were there working with the Red Sox. So kind of reflecting on that experience that you had, Kirby, I know you had a couple of different seasons where you're being able to work alongside the Boston Red Sox and, you know, such a historic organization. I've been fortunate to be able to visit Fenway and visit you there. And it's such a beautiful park. So kind of talk about that a little bit before we started recording, you kind of talked about how sometimes you have to pinch yourself and remember some of the great benefits that you have when you're able to work in pro sports for great classic organizations. What was that experience like for you being able to work with the Boston Red Sox and having the opportunity to go to Fenway Park every day? Yeah. I mean, so realistically, I'm no more than a 20 minute drive uh, separated only by a tunnel to get into to Fenway there. So for me, especially growing up as a massive rabid Red Sox fan, it was really special when I was an undergrad to be able to even join in a part-time fashion, right? So at the time I had joined the fan and youth engagement team back in 2017, you know, I was still very much in college there, but the idea of being able to get some work experience regardless of the level with a team like that seems both special and an opportunity to take advantage of the fact that, you know, it is close to home. So a lot of things really lined up there. It was almost like making a dream come true and also having to be grateful for the fact that it was somewhat convenient for me at the time. That's not to say that it didn't, you know, you weren't grinding things out. I, I, have told this story in the past, but I remember in 2018 when the Red Sox were going through their world series run, you know, I had gone to Quinnipiac in Connecticut, right? So Connecticut and Fenway aren't exactly a stone's throw away from each other. And so I remember driving back and forth from school to Boston to work that playoff run. Right. So I'd be coming home at midnight, one in the morning, sitting on the mass bike, blasting music, thinking to myself, man, if they don't win, I'm going to be very tired after all of this, but they did, uh, you know, we were able to, uh, enjoy that with our families. And that was something that was really important to me. I was able to bring them in for that world series celebration and share that moment together. I served, uh, on the Fannie news engagement team for another year in 2019 after that. And then things kind of changed. So I moved a little bit more over to, um, the hockey side as the season kind of phased out, ended up over with the Bruins, but, you know, came back to the Red Sox coming out of uh, the first wave of the pandemic right in the spring of 2021 during spring training. And, you know, for an entire year from March of 2021 to 2022, I was in the ticketing department. And I think anyone in the sports industry, no matter what position they held, will tell you that it was a very, very challenging and I don't want to say tumultuous, but it was a difficult time, right? A lot of people were pulling late hours. There was a lot of unknowns. We were constantly changing. I mean, at Fenway alone, we went from like 12% to 25% to 100% in the span of two or three weeks, right? So it was different for us. Um, but working for an organization like the Red Sox, the thing that I appreciate most about it is they say that the atmosphere within the office and within the teams, both full-time, part-time, whatever it is, is a family. And 
they truly act on what they say, right? So it's not just the loose term of, you know, we're a family and we're going to act like family. No, like it truly is a family. I have made incredible friendships and connections over in that organization. And the experience that I had, no matter how challenging, will never change that. It won't change the memories that I have. Uh, you know, now I've, I'm able to go over to Fenway more as a fan again. And so it's cool seeing all my old friends every time I go in there. I'm sure they're probably sick of it. Uh, but just being able to share those moments with those people and everyone over there is just ridiculously talented, has been special. And, you know, seeing how much it means to my family to still have a connection over there. It, it's great on so many different levels. Yeah, I like how you say that kind of like the difference between baseball and hockey and how the hours in any organization is huge. But the fact that you have a culture and a family environment is definitely you know huge especially for people who are starting careers they might look at the logo as being more leveraged versus like the community around and um, I'm curious to hear when it comes to, to baseball and hockey uh, hockey you know you got different kind of priorities when it comes to it's a of course not bigger bigger than baseball what's your kind of you know change from baseball you work in ticket sales like you said I I'm in, you know, in that, that realm right now and totally understand that it is stressful. There's long nights, long hours, and it's tough to, to see the positives, but you do learn a lot. Um, what's your biggest like takeaway from going from one position to another position and now back to the, the Boston Bruins here um, and working during those playoffs as well? Yeah. So honestly, it's a completely different cadence in terms of timing. Right. So whereas in baseball, where you're working 10 game homestands, you know, tons of whatever is going on there, just because ticketing also had to do with concerts or we were heavily involved once the postseason came around, things like that, servicing our season ticket holders, making sure that our customer service lines were clear. It's just a very different cadence. My position now uh, is very different from what I was doing which I think takes a lot of people by surprise there. Um, you know, I'm super excited to be back in hockey and that's not a slight towards baseball. I just, hockey is a game that I love, um, you know, right up there with baseball as well, but it is a different cadence in the terms of what we're doing. It's just different work. And I think that for me at the time, I wanted to make a move where I could, head in a direction that I really wanted to go in, right? So it was kind of between marketing, community relations, nonprofit work. So being able to go back to the Bruins Foundation and do this really meaningful work has been really rewarding. Again, that's not to say that the work that I did at the Red Sox uh, wasn't rewarding. It's just different, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really awesome to hear about Kirby, uh, you know, having such great experience in a huge sports town. I think Boston is definitely kind of well-renowned as one of the bigger sports towns in the U.S. overall. So to be able to make an impact there is really awesome, I think. And then kind of diving into that a little bit more now in your current role with the Bruins, I think it's really awesome that you're able to kind of shift your focus a little bit going from ticket sales to on the foundation side where you're more involved in the community. And I think one where one place that you and I have some common ground, Kirby, is kind of that we see kind of 
a purpose for ourselves and wanting to make a positive impact on other people. And we kind of channel that through our passion of working in the sports industry. And I think those things are important to kind of keep separate a little bit. You know, our, our purpose isn't necessarily to work in sports. That's more of our passion, but our purpose is really about providing a positive impact on uh, a great community and people around us. So, you know, talk about that a little bit more. I know that's something that means a lot to you in terms of what impact you provide and kind of talk about that in a sense of what you're able to do with the foundation with the Bruins. Yeah, another thing that you and I have in common is not being able to sit still. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, it's, it's true real, though. It's very true. Realistically, right? And this is something that I've thought about even during my undergrad days and just in general. It all comes back to people, right? So when you look at, let's say, when you're looking at having a baseball game at Fenway, right? So the players are out there, they're people. The fans are people and what kind of impact can you have based on not just the product you're putting out there, but also the environment that you're creating. And that's something that I was able to appreciate as a kid, right? That's what kept me coming back to sporting events, Bruins games, Red Sox games is the environment that was created because it is bigger than all of us, right? Like, Oh, I would say, and you can feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but, there are times when I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to do with me. Like there is something bigger going on. And that's one of the most special feelings you can have working in the sports industry is being able to create these magic moments that these people are going to take home. And even if they only appreciate it for an hour, that's one more person that's going to be able to take that and hold on to that. Right. So I think that that's part of my whole mantra is just knowing that people matter. I had a, I had a manager over at the Red Sox who would always say, it's really just people helping people because we were on the service side. And I used to kind of get on him about it because it was a little cheesy at the time, but the more that you think about it, that's all this is, right? When you really get down to the brass tacks, we're just trying to make the experience better for others. In the Bruins Foundation space, it's almost, that's basically all we're doing, right? Is we're helping first responders, we're helping students from the area, we're helping, you know, local hockey players, we're helping any of our charitable partners, right? Like that is an incredible line of work, knowing that you're constantly having an impact even on the small things. And so you're right, Ryan, like I'm a very purpose-driven person. Being able to do work like that is really rewarding for me. But more importantly, we have the understanding that it's helping others, right? So, and I think that in the long run, in the sports industry, even if you're selling tickets like Victor, right? Like Victor, at the end of the day, you're making someone smile by creating, you know, providing them the best option to enhance their experience. Ryan, you're going to be broadcasting baseball games this summer. Someone's going to smile because of what you have to say about the action going on on the field. And that's a really, really powerful idea. I, I like the, yeah, I go back to like the people helping people. I mean, look at, we, uh, we all talked to each other and helped each other by, you know, if we had a tough day at the, at the workplace, I think that's really important in our uh, in our careers in general with the sports industry, how rewarding it is, not just on the field, but off the field 
you know, such as you've been saying, as well as, you know, the, the big thing here for us is networking, right, with each other and no individual has all the right answers, right? So that's why you want to reach out to as many people as, as you can now. That kind of leads to my last question here, Kirby. When it comes to, to people helping people, what have you kind of been doing outside the, the Boston Bruins uh, realm there to other people, such as myself and Ryan, who obviously um, love to hear from, from you of ideas, how you've helped other people, um, either in their career development or just if they had a tough day, um, you know, what are some examples that you've been able to, you know, achieve in your, your short career so far? Um, that's going to be, you know, longer, of course, as well. It's, it's difficult for me to talk about things that I've done that are good, right? So I'm very difficult and very hot on myself. You both know that. Um, but for me, it's just leaving the door open at the end of the day, right? Like if someone wants to chat, let's chat. It's, it's, it's so difficult because in this world of uncertainty, I think that everyone's so focused on the work, 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 and they're not taking a minute to kind of step back and say, how can I take time for me? That's something that I'm horrible at, right? And people are on me all the time to take time for myself. Of course, I dole that advice out to other people and can't take my own medicine, but it's, the whole idea of just people helping people. I believe that we were put on this earth to do that. I don't think that we, you know, we're here to just kind of walk around and, and be self-serving and, and, you know, for some people that works and, and that's fine for them. For me, that's just not who I am. And it would be to me, it would be a disservice to, you know, the people that I care about to have that sort of attitude. And, and so, and, and here's an example, and this is very difficult to talk about, as you can see that I can't put thoughts together, but it realistically, let's look at you guys for, as an example, right? So during the clubhouse run that we were all on, you were creating rooms to bring in college students and bring professionals in at the same time so that they can learn from them. So you were already paying it forward without even being full-time in the industry. And that was impressive to me, at least. That's why I kept coming back. I was like, wow, these kids are rockets. Like they know, like, you know, the, the whole approach of what they want to do is so spot on, but that's the idea, right? So we're here and how can we elevate the people around us? That's a question that I constantly ask myself is how can I elevate the people around me and whether it has anything to do with work or not. So, you know, my teammates, sure. How can I both elevate myself and the environment to make sure it's conducive for a great collaborative environment. But then when I get home and I'm talking to friends and they're having a bad day, you know, what can I do today? That's going to put a small smile on their face even after a really ridiculous run there. So it's, it's all about just kind of stepping back and being grateful for the opportunities you've had, having gratitude for the situation that you're in, and then turning around and converting that energy to 
you know, place your hand on the back of someone else. Cause that's really what all this comes down to. Yeah. Awesome stuff from Kirby there. I'm like just getting fired up, just sitting here listening to, to Kirby talk about it. I mean, we, we hop on a lot of calls with, with professionals and I'm always keeping notes and stuff. And Kirby's always been a really influential person to, to Victor and I. So yeah, it's, it's funny to kind of think back to us doing that last year on clubhouse, you know, getting some of those rooms together. And even what Victor and I were doing with our sports management clubs at the schools we were at, that always for me was very self-fulfilling to, you know, help out people just a year or two younger than us. And uh, I think kind of a big part of, of those experiences, it taught me, you know, leadership and myself. And uh, like you kind of touched on earlier, Kirby, too, like being someone that you're willing to listen and not everyone you work with is easy to approach or voice up an opinion that you may have. But, you know, those people that are really approachable and are willing to listen, I think that's a really kind of respectable quality that I've had and some influential people in my career, some influential leaders and bosses that I've had. So um, that's really kind of awesome thoughts that that kind of ran through my brain when, when Kirby was kind of talking there. And I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, development, whether that's my own development or how I can help develop other people. So I think that all kind of relates to the idea of making an impact. And yeah, Kirby's been a great uh, resource for me. So definitely highly encourage all of our listeners to, to get in touch with Kirby as well, just because he's such a great resource and someone who's willing to help really genuinely. Like he's never looking to, you know, use something just for his own leverage, your own advantage. He's genuinely interested in helping you. So kind of on that note, Kirby, for some of our listeners out there that are early on in their careers, what are some good ways for them to kind of get in touch with you and uh, see if they can make kind of a, a nice connection to help them out in their career linkedin is probably the best uh you know i had i've I've really tried to develop that to a point where it's more of an open door policy there um i'm pretty open to messages and i think the most important thing for people to consider when they're trying to get their foot into the industry or or, you know, just get a better understanding of what they want to do is to be authentic, right? And so this is where I clash a little bit with the teaching of building a personal brand in classrooms. So it should never be cookie cutter. Your personal brand should never be what other people say it is. Being authentic is the best way to make connections and ones that will stay. I get made fun of by some of my close friends because I cannot just walk into public or go on a trip or do something without making a friend, right? I always viewed it, the networking edge of it is I'm not going in, I'm not going to ask for a job. I just am going to be myself and pick their brain and gain knowledge because at the end of the day, that's not the point of it, right? So if you're going into the networking space and you're immediately asking for a job, chances are you're probably not gonna get it. But by being yourself and kind of building that connection out, it can really have an impact beyond just the regular, you know, chat in between on LinkedIn. You know, how many times in our group chat have we chatted about what's going on at work just to chat? Yeah. Or I shoot you guys a random text just so we can discuss what's going on. But that's the whole thing, right? Stay in touch with these people. Let them get to know you. Hopefully you can get to know them a little bit. It's all about being authentic. And so, you know, when you're sending a million cookie cutter LinkedIn messages, 
you're probably not going to do well on a hit rate, but if you're just being yourself and you're being authentic, there's a lot of value, not just for the connection part, but for you as an individual. Treat people like people. That's what Kirby's been talking about. And whether it's an intern or equipment manager or people at the top, the sales director, the general manager, the head coach, you know, just treat them just the same as, as you are. Be authentic to who you are. It's obviously a great message and easier said than done at the same time. Definitely takes some practice. So really good message and thought from Kirby in this one. Definitely be sure to take him up on that. Connect with Kirby on LinkedIn and follow up there. For Victor Anderson and I, this has been Front Office You. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been an awesome episode. We'll be back at it again with our next episode. If you missed our last one with Levi Keenan in, definitely be sure to check that one out. Thanks, everybody, again, for making it all the way through and listening, and hope you guys all have a great rest of your day.